0: I feel like the things that I struggle with have been very consistent, like it hasn't been anything different, it's all been the same thing, just in different periods of my life and in different ways, if that makes sense.
1: This is Camus And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives, through big miraculous ways, all the way down to small everyday things. Hi, this is Camus. And this week, I have Lexi with me, and you might remember Lexi from the Thanksgiving episode, but as I say, we went to an evangelistic school together, and she's just a super upbeat, positive person. Um, she was one of the three girls there, so I really appreciated her and all of her fun energy, especially because I'm introverted, and I'm like, uh, can't do this. Um, So, Lexi, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you grew up?
0: So um, I grew up in. It's kind of complicated because my dad is a pastor. So mm-hmm. I was born in North Carolina, um, and I lived there till I was three. Then my dad, um, he felt called to be a pastor, and he then he really kind of saw God working. And there, amazing, it's, it's an amazing story. It's just amazing amount of steps. He decided to be a pastor, and we moved to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then we just lived there just for a year to for the internship and mm-hmm. then and then we moved to Fenton Michigan it's close to Flint kind of close to Grand Rapids Just all kind of a small area not not many people know where that is so okay. I always went Flint, but then you know I don't know if that helps either um so Fenton was was pretty much where I grew up mm-hmm. I lived there from pretty much I guess I guess four or five depending on how long you were in Grand Rapids you know with my age and my birthday and yeah. stuff yeah yeah four or five yeah. And I, I grew up in the, the suburbs, I guess you would say, but it was really, really far back suburbs. I only really say suburbs because the houses were decently close to each other. Other than that, it was country. Like I had a huge front yard, huge backyard, um, just an older sister. This is the two of us. And we really, we loved growing up in Michigan. It, it was a great place. It's a really chill place. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I had friends in the area too. We were homeschooled. So yeah,
1: yeah. That's, that's where nice. I grew up. That's cool. So, Alexi, why don't you tell us a little bit about your religious background growing up? So, I am
0: fourth generation, of so the Adventist in my family. So, it goes way, way back. It's my mom's side. Um, okay. My dad is probably the first, because none of his family is um, Adventist at all on my dad's side of the family. So, I think he's probably the first. Okay. Yeah, and so, growing up with both... I mean, my dad's, again, my dad's a pastor, so it kind of mm-hmm. balanced out for him. You know, my mom was fourth generation, but then he was a pastor. So it was like, you know, a good even balance with, you know, I guess, Adventism and, you know, and the beliefs and them both knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a good balance in a sense too, because, you know, my mom had this strong upbringing of it, you know, and she grew up in another country. She's Yugoslavian. She came to this country and she was 23. So she was, that was a little different too, but she, you know, she had grown up with Adventism in her family. My dad um, had not until he was, I don't know when he was converted, 25, I think, mm-hmm. when he was baptized, maybe a little, maybe a little younger, Um, probably a little younger. <laughs> and so it, it was, it was definitely a good balance. I probably didn't see it as much when I was younger, but, you know, to have them both understanding, you know, the different, you know, di- different ways, like he understood, okay, hey, you know, like, they're gonna have to learn this. My mom was like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't <laughs> grow up with this, you know, but it, it's, I think it was, it was a good mix and a good balance. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, growing up being a Seventh-day Adventist um, and kind of I think, you know, when you're younger, you, you do understand that it's the true religion, but you don't really find it out for yourself. you just kind of more do it because your parents do, but you enjoy it because, you know, people who love Jesus, not everyone's nice, but, you know, you, you will find those nice people, you know, when you really love God, you, you show it and you can see it in those people. So I, I definitely saw love around me and, and I loved going to church and I thought church was great. And I, I definitely, I would definitely say that I love Jesus. I don't know if I truly did. And I definitely didn't know him for myself. I definitely loved him. I think I definitely did. I think Mm -hmm. I definitely actually, you know, for the most part, believed as much as I could, you know, at a young age. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Growing up Christian setting, it's always nice because like you have those beliefs, like kind of like always know. And so it's kind of nice because like, it's not like radically new concepts that God loves me and I have a like good church family. So that's always cool. It's true. All righty. Do you mind if I pray before we get into your story? Mm -hmm. All right. Dear Father in heaven, I'd just like to thank you again for this beautiful day and for Lexi. And just pray again that you just give her the words to speak and that this testimony reaches our hearts, Lord, and really speaks to us today. And just that you are always uplifted and glorified in all aspects of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. It's funny, I didn't realize that Camus prays before the testimony. So we pray before this, before the thing. And um when when you were gonna pray again and then i realized that's what you were saying and then i was just gonna say i should have told her more prayer more power it's funny because our our leader at the program we went to used to always say that
1: mm-hmm.
0: so, all the time it was funny other times we're like all right daryl because prayer mm-hmm. is good he just was a little extra about it sometimes mm-hmm. we love you daryl if you're listening to this my testimony so um I was mentioned again. I talked to cameras before this, and so I was just trying to make sure I focused on the right things because I think God's given me a, a, a awesome testimony. But I, mm-hmm. my personality with my brain that moves around 100 miles a minute, um, I have to make sure I stay focused. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> so again, I grew up as a pastor's kid, so that kind of came with some uh, how would you put it um, not stereotypes. But kind of um, you know, with 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 when you're a PK, people yeah. call that too. When you're a PK, you know, it can come off as either, you know, you're a goody two shoes or you're one of those kids who kind of falls off the rails. You know, there's kind of there's not really like an in-between. Yeah. I would definitely say I was more of the goody two shoes, but I I praise the Lord, I think I was a good balance. I'm mm-hmm. not perfect, but I think in that area I didn't struggle too much. Thank the Lord. Um <laughs> so with that, you know, I and it's interesting because being a pastor's kid, you know. Again, I never felt much of this, you know, like obligation or this standard, you know, I, I knew that I did, my dad had to have, you know, a higher position in the church, you know, like he was mm-hmm. kind of leading the church, but I didn't know too much of what, you know, where I kind of fit with that. Considering I was the kid, maybe I saw my mom more, you know, but you know, I was just the kid and I was the youngest <laughs> too. Um, but the one thing is I've, I've always, um, and I always thank God for this gift as well. Um, I've always had the gift to connect with people. Mm -hmm. Um, whoever they are whatever age they are um however old they are um and that's been a huge blessing and so I always had a lot of friends um Mm -hmm. depending on how small the church was but I always had a lot of friends who were there and I it's funny I would always walk around and like I never noticed this much people would tell me this but you know like they would like you know they'd follow me Mm -hmm. typically sometimes because I was always the oldest um I'll go into that into a second um but and that was kind of a pretty big part of my life because I never thought of myself as a leader. And I, I distinctly remember this. We were in our fellowship hall, but also our gym because that's what small avenue schools do. They have their fellowship hall in their gym because the school's right next to the to the to the church. Mm-hmm. Um and one of the church members they came to me and they whispered in my ear and they said, hey, you're a great leader. They're so like always, you know, always I mainly, you know, I paraphrasing, but always to the gist of always lead for God. You know, like oh, hopefully mm-hmm. you always lead others for God. And I remember that one when I was like, I'm not a leader. I think I'm pretty sure I said, it, like, I don't think I'm a leader. Like, I, I don't think that because I'm not really, I'm not really super like a follower, but I'm not really a leader either. I definitely knew I wasn't a follower, but I definitely didn't feel like I was a leader. I just feel like, you know, I was having fun and I loved having friends. And that was, I think being a leader kind of has really guided different things in my life that I haven't realized. And so mm-hmm. that was just a, an aspect I wanted to mention. And so again, growing up, I've, as Camus said, like I'm bubbly, definitely. I'm really extroverted. And so I've always grown up with having a lot of friends and I've always enjoyed it. And moving made me have even more friends, even though I really resented and kind of started to hate change, especially during the years that I started to, you know, have emotions and really start to connect to people. That was Mm -hmm. really hard. And having friends has always been a big part of my life. And as I go into more of my testimony, I think that that kind of, When I wasn't able to have that as much, that definitely affected different parts of my life. Um, Mm -hmm. one being an addiction that I started to have when I was a teenager. So when I was in California, because when I was in Michigan, I was really younger. Um, Mm -hmm. just my sister, and I was just growing up. I don't remember a whole, whole lot of that because that was like five to nine. So I remember bits and pieces, but not much. Um and, and then, like I was saying in the beginning, you know, I knew that I loved Jesus, but I hadn't found him personally. I didn't I don't think I truly, truly loved him just because, you know, I hadn't Found that yet? Because I was so young.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that was a great time. So then I moved to California, and that's where I, you know, when, when, that's where I went to that school. Um, and that was just a big change for everything, you know, um, culture shock going to California from Michigan. Michigan isn't a super ahead of the times, so especially back then. And California yeah. definitely moves pretty quick, and there's a lot of people, and, and it's a very technological, you know, and just you know, movie stars are there, you know. Just California is a, a big place. Everyone kind mm-hmm. of thinks that in the back of their head for sure. Um, And so that was just a big jump for me. We were in central California, so I was going to put my hand up, but that's for Michigan, but it's like, you know, like in the middle central Cal. We lived there for a long time. And so the first part of that, we lived there was in San Jose and that's when I went to school. That was pretty good. You know, typical, you know, struggle with bullying sometimes, you know, struggled, you know, to kind of find myself, but, you know, kind of started to figure things out. Mm -hmm. Um, That was probably from 10 to Probably fifteen, I'd say. Yeah, because it was almost six years. Um, wow. And again, again, there. um, I I was baptized. That was a big thing. i mean my kind of my walk with God and my testimony, and that was big for me too. And I I was excited. I remember. Yeah. I, I actually still remember a little bit. I, I have a I have a weird vivid memory for certain things. I think I uh, one of my best friends. She actually just she told me she really admires my memory. I was like, praise Lord, <laughs> because sometimes I'm like I don't I don't know, but um I do actually remember being in the in the um what is it called the pool or the oh yeah like the baptismal the tank yeah yeah tank pool yeah I guess they call it both <laughs> but ours is <laughs> actually very high so I remember like standing on my tippy toes you know and looking and it was like a glass thing that you know covered it so you know you could see out because it was already so tall mm-hmm. um and I remember just looking over you know and, and they're like my dad was like you know and I'm so glad you know because he baptized me and he's like I'm so glad that my daughter Lexi you know has chosen you to follow Jesus you know with with even more of her heart you know and give give her life to him i remember i said, said something to the audience too and it's just, it just exciting you know people were smiling mm-hmm. people were happy and and i realized it was a big moment but i was kind of young i think mm-hmm. i understood it but it's and that's kind of an interesting not that i'll go into that but that's always been an interesting thing to me like you know with my kids you know or with other kids i wonder you know when is the right time to be baptized because in some ways i felt like i was really young
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that's why i've seen people like get re-baptized but it's just an interesting concept to me but i do remember knowing that it was a big thing and knowing that i did want to apologize more like i wanted to but again it wasn't personal to me and that that, that's a big part that connected to my testimony so then moving on from san jose we moved from there and that was probably the first move that was actually hard because i remember i was like i don't want to leave my friends like i was really sad. Thankfully, Fresno is actually only three hours away. Our next move in California, mm-hmm. so that wasn't as bad. We were actually only there for three and a half years, so you we were almost in California for ten, but it was like nine and a half. So Fresno is where kind of our testimony really starts. I feel like um, I think I think your whole life is testimony because mm-hmm. God is using us in ways that we don't even know, especially even those even like so. I always, when I always think of my testimony and how I grew up, I think it was pretty simple and pretty easy, you know, mm-hmm. but then as I've, especially at core, I learned a lot, um, as I learned at core and as I've, you know, as I've reflected more in my life, I've learned that it's not, you know, it's different, yeah. it's unique and it's special, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, even though it seems maybe quote unquote less, that doesn't make it any, any worse or, you know, not as, not as special as anyone else's. It's just, and I've, I've started to learn that more now for sure. Mm-hmm. But this part of my life definitely is where it kind of um, where the meat, the cake of my testimony really is. Um, and so I moved to Fresno, and again the connections, you know, with my friends, I started to feel it there more. And so what I decided to do, because I went to school there, mm-hmm. to middle school, that was my first time going to school. What I decided to do there was to homeschool. And I'd homeschooled before mm-hmm. when I lived, when I grew up in 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 Michigan, way back, way back before I moved to California. And so. That was good in some ways and bad in other ways. And I actually just wrote a paper. It's a for my class called Developmental Psychology. We mm-hmm. call it Death Psych because it's a lot easier to say. Um, and I wrote a paper for it. And I actually the paper was pretty much about my life and then how I related the concepts we've learned in the class. So it's mm-hmm. funny because I literally just wrote about all my life and like my my testimony in a sense, because your life is your testimony, like you know, that's mm-hmm. Obviously focusing on specific points for sure, but like your life is your testimony so it was just it was cool and I'm like remembering like, like what I wrote and what words I used I remember in one instance I used for my I guess it would be adolescence yeah when I was there because I was about fifteen when I moved there um I used the words moving oh yeah moving to the country and also homeschooling was a blessing and a curse Cause that's a great way to put it because that's what it was mm-hmm. and so We also, as I mentioned that sentence, we also moved to the country and that was different as well, because that means that meant that we were half an hour away from where my dad preached and like where he did all his work and everything. And so that was harder because, you know, i had made friends in the church and that takes a little bit, but then, you know, not being close to them is even harder. Mm. So that was harder for me. And I had to kind of, you know, learn and grow with that. Um, And so talk about the blessing part. So the blessing was that as, you know, being a teenager and learning about myself, um, you know, Thankfully, I would say I was a pretty, I don't know if pretty good teenager is the word, but I guess not super rebellious because I'm, I'm not the rebellious type. I did have a stage that was pretty bad and that's one of the biggest parts of my testimony that I'll mention in a second. But other than that, I would say that it wasn't, you know, wasn't too bad, thankfully. I mean, of course that wasn't perfect and I, I'm always a rebellion, but uh, yeah. nothing, nothing too crazy, thankfully. Um, but before that, again, so the blessing of living in the country and kind of homeschooling was that, first of all, I realized that I had no motivation and that kind of goes into the curse, but I kind of learned, you know, what my learning style was and how that worked. And it was with people, you know, mm. people motivated me to go to school. And so, th- and the biggest blessing was that again, as a growing teenager, I I don't know if I didn't eat really well, but I remember Evelyn, a lady who lived with us. My mom was sick for a while. So she's with us there still too as well. Mm-hmm. She, remember she told me, She said, you know, I I think that it really helped when you were there because you started to pick up an appetite and everything. And so that was just a little side point, but that was that was definitely a blessing. So I was kind of able to find, you know, the physical side of me. Like, you know, I I I enjoyed working out. So I kind of, you know, I kind of started to, I guess, understand my body better, which is a good Mm -hmm. thing. And it's interesting because I don't feel like we think about those parts of our life, but they're definitely like important. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing, but that was definitely a blessing. And the curse was again, being away from my friends and, Mm. and, you know, homeschooling and not having the motivation to do that because my friends weren't there. And my mom, um, she was getting over being sick. So she was doing better, but she was kind of figuring out this business that unfortunately didn't work very well with our family. So that was kind of interesting as well. We had, you know, um, the lady who helped us live living with us because we were kind of returning the favor to her, probably my mom. My dad was a pastor again. So he was, you know, commuting 20, 30, 35 minutes out in town. So I was kind of alone a good amount of the time, you know, mm. in a sense. And so that was harder as well. And being the youngest, you tend to get more things than your siblings um, <laughs> or, or more things, but, well, I'd got more things, but not more things, but um, more so um, uh, things before your sibling, like before they got it, when they were your age mm-hmm. or not when they were your age, when you were younger than them. Yeah. So I went to before my sister. I would get all these free stuff. I was kind of a moocher, not going to lie. I was definitely a moocher. Um, I don't know if that's the word. My mom always says that, but you know, I, I would get a lot of stuff from people. Like it was just something I would do. Definitely. Sometimes I knew other times I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so being the youngest, I got um an, an iPod. This is an iPhone, but I got an iPod. Um, it was like an i like the iPod touch actually, which is pretty cool. Because I remember when those came out, I was like, oh, this is sick. Those are <laughs> so cool. And so that opened up a, a new world for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately it wasn't super good because you know, being new to all the technology and everything again, because Michigan is the the times. Mm-hmm. Um just being open to all of this was exciting and it was new. And I started out with games. And then I kind of just started to, you know, and again, I was a teenager, you know, mm-hmm. and teenagers, you know, they want to see what's going on in the world, they want to see what's relevant. And so I became obsessed with this band called One Direction. They were really, really big boy bands at the time. Um, they they now. Rest in peace. I'm just kidding. Um, And I was obsessed with them. And um, I was still playing games a lot. So that was kind of addictive as well. And I just really got addicted to my phone.
1: Mm-hmm. And I,
0: Thankfully, I've never, I haven't gotten to that point since, but I've had a few experiences where it's been kind of clear, but that was just the, the, and that was the beginning as well. So I think I've always feel like sometimes with some addictions, the beginning is the hardest because you, you do not, you don't know what's happening, if that makes sense. Mm. Like you're not, you're not, you don't realize because you've never done it before. Yeah. And so I became rebellious and I'm not the rebellious type. Like my personality is not like that at all. And you know, sin brings out the worst in us and brings out the part in us that's, that's not good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's, the opposite of, I guess, what we'd ever think of ourselves to be. And that's Mm -hmm. how evil sin is. And I think whenever I look back and I reflect, I'm like, man, sin is, I mean, that sounds like a really lame. Mm -hmm. I was going to say sin is so bad. That's so lame. That's such a lame statement. Um, Sin is so dangerous and it's so, trying to think of a good way to describe it. It's so dangerous and it's just, it's so much more than we'd ever think. Mm -hmm. And again, that sounds a little cliche too. And almost like, oh, well yeah, everyone knows that. But literally when you, when you experience it in the worst parts of your life, you know, you know, like, a, and everyone has a different understanding and a, and a different, you know, like when you say that, when they say that they have a different feeling in their head, but everyone knows that when they think about the worst part in their life, when sin really affected them. And that, this was definitely that point. And so my parents tried to take away from me, you know, um, and then I became very, again, like I became rebellious. So I would, I would lie. And I, and I have a, I have a, I was gonna say I have an awful conscience, but I guess in a sense, I have a great conscience. Um, I just, I can't, I can't lie. I mean, not then I could, but I'm just, I'm not a liar. Like I, I would, I would tell my mom when I was younger, I'd be like, yeah, no, I didn't do that. You know? And then, you know, five seconds later I'd be like, I did it. Stop! Like my brain would be like, me. I, was like I did it mom. I did it. Um, but it was weird because, you know, this, this, this object, this, you know, this six inch, uh, you know, piece of metal in my hand, it, it just seemed to, I'm obviously Satan, <laughs> but it, it just, it just seemed to, to make me do things that I'd never done before. And that wasn't like, li- wasn't like me. Mm. And so I would lie to them, you know, and they say, like, are you on your phone? And, like late at night, when my dad would come back, you know, or just, you know, or in the daytime, you know, are you on your phone? You're like in the bathroom and they try to take it away, but there wasn't, there wasn't much you could do. Mm. And I put it in another room, you know, and they try to lock the door and I just go and I get it again. And it was not only addicting, but it was just like, it was taking over me. Mm-hmm. In a sense, it really was. And you know, when I think about again my testimony, you know, it's easy to think, oh man, you know, some kids struggle with drugs, some kids struggle with you know, porn, you know, and sex, and just really bad stuff that you know seems so bad to me compared to this. Oh, addiction to a metal device, you know, compared to an iPhone. Like, oh, you were lying to your parents. Yeah, good one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but for me, that was my low point. That was that was me. You know, on a thin line. That was my. You know. I guess in a sense, you know, like my seven of the world, like that was, you know, where I felt like, you know, so far, you know, from God and it's crazy. And I think I, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this in that moment. Still, I was, I was still, you know, this good pastor's kid. And and in a sense, when I would say stuff, I would mean it, but you know, it wouldn't be real because of the things that I was doing with my phone.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I still find myself in these positions today, because I'll mention later, it's kind of a thing that I've learned about my life, um, about, about who I am. And so again, that was just, it was just, it just, it really trapped me. And so that lasted for pretty much the whole time I was in Fresno and then came the biggest and most foundational and most monumental part of my life, which is when I went to Fountain View. And so just wrapping up the whole addiction to my phone, cause that is a big, important part. And I try not to, to, to say too much about it, just because I don't want to obviously dwell on evil, but also because I, there's so much to say, mm-hmm. um, but it was just a really hard time in my life. And again, I just really felt that I was just so far from, from God and so far from, honestly, myself, you know, like and who I really was. And I just, I was just, it was just a very confusing state. And I mm-hmm. also wasn't, this is a big thing for me too as well, that I, I'm i glad I remembered. I also wasn't very in tune with my emotions. I never, mm-hmm. I never been much of a crier, even at like my grandma's funeral. I mean, I didn't know her super well because she died when I was like six. But still, yeah. you know, it's family. I didn't cry there and I just... I didn't, my feelings have always been kind of not pushed back in because it's not like my parents were like no feelings, you know, but they just, you know, it was just kind of, I didn't really understand how to tap into my feelings necessarily. Like mm-hmm. I would cry and stuff, but it would just be a different moments that you wouldn't expect. And I just definitely in, in that time when I was being addicted, I didn't really know how to tap into that. And that was very important. And I know now that I wish I could have been able, you know, to express what was going on with myself more than I did. Hmm. Some because, you know, I was addicted. So obviously you don't want to tell anyone, but also because I didn't know how to, I, I, I think in a sense. yeah. Um, and as I go into, when I went to high school, that was, that's where I find out more about that area as my life as well. And so my sister went to an academy called Fountain View Academy. It's in um, British Columbia, Canada. It's a music school. Mm-hmm. Um, her life was changed as well. Um, in more ways than one. She had a really bad accident that she could have died from. And that was very transformational. And so my parents, you know, they, they saw how much it changed her life and they saw how much, you know, it, it brought her to the woman that she is today, you know, and it really grew her and just, just you know, just um, built her character. That's their motto is building character. So I always make that joke because it's literally what they did for both of us, um, but it, it's a good, it's a good motto because that's what they do. Um, and so they really felt that, wow, you know, the school's a blessing. And I wanted to go there as well because we had visited. We'd gone up to, to pick her up because we'd drive up from California to Canada, it's just right above where that province that the school was. And mm-hmm. so I would go there and I, and I loved it. I thought it was great, you know, it was in the country and everyone seemed so nice there, you know, and it's just, they, I really felt like God was there. And so I was like, you know, I need this. And I, and I knew that deep down as well, even though I was like on oh, my phone. But one thing that I was not looking forward to, but also wanted to do because I knew that I was addicted more at that point because I was older, you know, and it had been a few years. Mm-hmm. Um that they actually take your phones away. And if you want to get them, you have to write this whole paper. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, I think everyone looks at found and they're like, Oh, they're so strict, but I get why. And when you go there knowing of all these different things, you have to want to go there
1: Mm -hmm. and I wanted
0: to go there. So, you know, I, I wanted to go and it was so great to, I just remember, I remember it being a big relief. It was just so great for me to push that away and to kind of almost be my full self because I was older and I was understanding who I was. And I just remember whenever I think of Fountain, me, I think of like, that was the peak of like my hyperness and my extrovertedness. Like I was like, when I was in good shape and I was eating well and it was just, it was a good time. Mm. And the biggest part, which makes the most foundational and the most monumental in my life was that I found Jesus as a friend and I found him as someone that I could talk to. Like I would, I remember my, the time that I started doing that was when I was sit so on my bed at night and I'd look up and someone, someone left some glow in the dark stars on the top of my ceiling in my, in my dorm room during the year. And I'd love to look at those because I was like, okay, I'll look at those and I'll focus on those. And I'll think about God. Because again, if I've gone off a little bit in this testimony, it's because I struggle to focus sometimes. Um, and so it's funny because I'm sure God, you know, left those stars for me. Cause it was good because I'd look at the stars and I focus on them. And then I'd be able to talk to God, you know, without yeah. getting super sidetracked, you know, sometimes work, sometimes didn't. I and mean, that was just so up. big for me because I was like, even though there was a ceiling above me, I knew that I was reaching him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's easy in the Christian walk to feel like you're hitting walls and to feel like, Oh, my parents actually reaching God. And that sounds cliche, but everyone feels that way at one point. Mm -hmm. Like, and we're like, and everyone tells us, you know, God is answering your prayers and God is hearing you, but you don't feel like that when you're, when you're beginning or in times in your life where it just sucks. You're like, I really feel like my prayers are hitting the walls, like literally. And so to, to have a moment in my life and to feel that my prayers were definitely going past that wall and they're going to the stars, you know, as as I was Mm -hmm. focusing on the star on my ceiling, which is so, so powerful. And so foundational for me and that really built who I was. And I didn't realize how special it was. And I'm obviously learning now more from other evangelists who talk about it and how the concept is becoming, you know, more, more, I guess, discussed about in the, in the church, you know, like, to find Jesus as your personal friend, is just so crucial because as we know, like when we go to heaven, all we take is our character. So if you mm-hmm. don't know Jesus personally, then what does that mean? That, that's, you know, that, that, that's it. You know, like if you don't know him personally, all you're going to take is your character. So You know, like, where does that leave you? And so you can see why that was so big in my life. And again, I was away from my phone. And, you know, when I go home for break, I would go back into my ways a little bit. But it never was as bad as it was in the beginning. And I praise the Lord for that. So I slowly learned and slowly, definitely, again, grew. I found my love for music. And oh, this is a big part as well. So not only finding Jesus as my friend, but then as finding as my friend, I was able to kind of find my identity more. And that's something I never knew that I didn't know like I didn't know that I that I didn't know what my identity was I knew that I was actually I knew that I was happy I remember there was a one point at school too I was asking some of my close friends I was like should I change you know like is there parts of me that need to be different because you know this is a you know I was I was 18 when I went to my junior year so I was you know I was becoming an adult and I was like you know do I need to change like and those are legitimate questions but I think the way I was going about it was I was thinking the extreme I was like should I change, you know, how extroverted I am? Like, you know, should I be more quiet? You know, should I be more introverted at some points? And
1: mm-hmm.
0: I remember just what they were saying was don't change who you are just because, you know, you think that, Oh, this might be an issue or anything. Like God will tell you, you know, like what you need, you know, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. because I think it's easy and I'm I'm a huge overthinker as well. So it's easy for me to think, Oh man, you know, people don't like because I'm so extrovert, you know what I mean? Like, or this one person, you know, it's easy to, to base, you know, a huge thing, like changing your personality. Like that's who you are over a few things that have happened. If that makes sense, you know, like mm-hmm. over two years of school, that's not enough. And I remember most of them. And I praise, that's why I praise God so much for found you and the friends I found there, you know, almost all of them. I mean, all of them, but you know, in different points in the conversation, it was, mm-hmm. you know, just go to God, you know, he's going to help you find that. And so can you build my character <laughs> And so I, and I found Jesus as a personal friend and I, for the most part, found out who I was. Mm -hmm. I definitely just knew that who I was, was rooted in God. And that was a big thing for me as well. And I found my passion that I love music. And then I hadn't learned yet that I loved media. And that's kind of a big thing I wanted to go into as well. Kind of music media was kind of a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I hadn't connected that yet. So moving on to college which is kind of the stage that I am now so we're pretty much the like I guess it's three-parts your testimony you know like your younger years your mm-hmm. middle years and then you're where you are now and kind of you know a little a little bit before that so this is I guess the little the, the three three-thirds you know what we're yeah. gonna stop talking about that I don't know what I'm saying I'm not good at math um and so college years mercy <laughs> um you know my high school not my high school, but like. My years of my addiction and being in California, you know, those were hard, but man, college is a whole nother level. I just, <laughs> I love, I love the Lord and I, I know that he's brought me through a lot, but I just, and I, and I, I do love college. I really do. It's just like this love hate relationship. But I just think about, it, I'm just like, mercy. <laughs> college has been rough. I just, Fountain View was the most found, again, as I mentioned, and I probably repeated this too many times, was the most foundational and monumental part of my life for sure. Mm-hmm. But college was by far, I would say the hardest, just because I was even older, and again, you've experienced more life, so you understand more feelings, and I was able to understand my feelings a little better as well. So that made it harder because I was expressing my feelings more. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I guess college and core is pretty much the last part of it. <laughs> kind of thinking that I forget about core sometimes. Um, <laughs> I love it. I just forget about it sometimes. Yeah. Um, so first year of college was, I guess, what you'd expect. It was rough, but it was good. You know, it's like first year is just so, it's just so different. It's a whole new world. Mm-hmm. It's like you're becoming an adult, but not fully because you're not alone. You know what I mean? Because you have all these great friends around you. Um, I, moved in, I moved in with a roommate that I didn't know because I didn't have any friends that I could room with. And that was kind of rough in the beginning. I found a roommate that thankfully I roomed with for almost two years. And that was a huge blessing because I didn't really know how much that affected me personally when I would come back to a room and that was a big thing with my phone and my electronics as well because so again first year was was rough because it was new but also because again I would struggle with my addiction you know just 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 being addicted to to media and just mainly not really more my phone necessarily but just distractions Mm -hmm. has been more of what I've understood and what I mentioned a while back was that I've learned something about my life that kind of connected to my addiction and I've learned that my my struggles and kind of my, my highs and just who I am in my life are very consistent. I don't know if it's the same way with everyone. Maybe I'm just thinking of it for myself because it's just, it works in my head to use that, to use that description for it. But I feel like the things that I struggle with have been very consistent. Like it hasn't been anything different. It's all been the same thing, just in different periods of my life and in different ways, if that makes sense. So to give it more of an example with addiction to my phone, I've ever since I got one, I've always struggled with it. It's been different in some ways and the first part of it was definitely in the hardest, but I've still always struggled with, it, and I still do, if that makes sense. So that's something that's consistently stayed in my life that has consistently been a struggle. And I, again, it's only, even though it's only been one of the things I still look at all the time, I'm like, Lord, I'm like, I'm tired of this. Like, why is this still an issue? Like, you know what I mean? And that's what I mean like, by consistency. And so mm-hmm. and I've always overthought a lot in my life. Like there's not much different things that I've struggled with that haven't been struggled with before, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. that's about 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 consistency sorry yeah I'm
1: kind of no no, no I like it um because like it's similar to my own story like what really brought me to God was like struggling with depression and like mm-hmm. throughout my life I always struggled like to control my feelings to learn how to express my feelings and to let people in and yeah. so like even though it takes different forms different shapes mm-hmm. it's still all this thing like learning to like deal with and express my emotions and also learning to like communicate with others in that. Because like when you're depressed, like you don't really reach out and you don't really share and you don't yeah. really verbalize and you don't always look for the silver lining. And that's yeah. why I like you, Lexi, because you always point out the silver lining. And I'm like, I can't <laughs> see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 Personally,
0: yeah, it's, it's definitely hard sometimes for sure. hmm um, and yeah, so, and that was, and again, I was going to say, I, I think it's kind of something that we all struggle with, but I think, or not struggle with, but we all kind of realize. but I think that me realizing was just like kind of big. And I was like, does everyone struggle with this? You know what I mean? Like, or does everyone feel this way? About mm-hmm. their life? And that was big too, because then I was, I think it'd be actually coming back a little bit. Um, I think at the beginning when I figured out, like not figured out, but like when I looked back at my life and I was like, you know, this is all kind of the same thing. <laughs> I one of my one of my kind of uh, what's the word conclusion I guess I came to mm-hmm. was that well, hey, maybe God just wants me to keep trusting in him. You know, it's just one thing that I know that he can help me through. Mm-hmm. So he's just giving it to me to keep helping me trust in him, which is true in a sense. <laughs> but I think it's just again, it's like as we learn and at core, and this is a big thing, I mean, obviously it has something to do with the name, but like our core beliefs. Mm-hmm. that was so that was another honestly monumental thing for me to learn in my life because i don't know if people who are listening if they know what core values are or core beliefs and it's kind of honestly i don't really still know fully what they are but core beliefs are just pretty much the beliefs in what the that are like the deepest inside of you that they're they're like there's and there's multiple ones and you don't have fully one and the other it's kind of it, it, you know it, everyone's different and also you don't really fully know what yours are but you definitely know if, a gist of what they are mm-hmm. and they're like these you know multiple beliefs could be one could be many that you have like really deep inside of you that kind of they they stem out and they connect to a lot of different parts in your life and um it, it's most helpful to speak to someone who has really studied it and with our case we were able to speak to Katie I don't mm-hmm. know what her last name was actually was it
1: yeah it's Katie Elson
0: Elson thank you good job <laughs> um Yeah. And so she just, she knows it so well. And even looking Mm -hmm. up online, it helps as well. So if you guys want to look that up, it's really awesome to even just, um, even just look at it and kind of try to start to understand, even if you're not able to like, you know, go through a session with someone who knows about it, just just kind of reading about understanding core beliefs is a great thing. Like I just, I always tell my friends, I'm like, core beliefs is an awesome thing I just learned about. And learning about that for me helped kind of confirm that whole consistency theory that I had not mm-hmm. theory necessarily. It is true, but, you know, like just this consistency theory that I had kind of come to realize. Um, and so my core belief is not being good enough or not feeling like I'm good enough. I think there's a few more because, you know, we're sinful people and we're also going downhill because mm-hmm. Jesus is coming, but, you know, the world is getting worse and our, you know, Satan's, he's pulling all the stops. And so yeah. I'm sure there's more, but that's the biggest one that I was able to relate to when we were looking at the screen and we we're looking at all the different kind of categories and again you know like everyone's different and there's more than one but that's kind of the only one that I was like huh not being good enough Mm -hmm. and that was a a big thing as well because (laughs) obviously your core belief not being good enough kind of sucks to see oh that's my core (laughs) belief not being good enough (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you don't want to accept that because you don't want to be not good enough (laughs) um (laughs) it's kind of kind of a loop irony um definitely yeah but it And it was crazy to go into a session because I was like, I don't have anything I'm like, you know, really struggling with right now, but I'd love to talk because I love to talk Mm -hmm. and not a selfish way. I don't mean it that way (laughs) to anyone listening, Um, but just, you know, in a way that I I know that it's good to get my thoughts out and to have someone listen to kind of under again, like understand core beliefs really well, but also understand counseling and understand how to listen to different people and all different types of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she really helped me just like connect that a lot of things in my life did kind of stem from that, that one, at least one of the core beliefs in me of not being good enough. And that was crazy. Not only did it help me kind of understand more that it's okay for me to not be okay and to understand my feelings more, but it helped me understand again, like my addiction and just how that all connects my addiction. I think I've, I've kind of started to understand how that connects to that, but it was more just the different parts of my life that I was like, man, I feel defeated or man, like, I wish this wasn't the way it was, but then I was like, Oh, it's because of this core belief, which is inside me. And that was, and, and it's just, it's so important and it's so beneficial for us to, even though we don't like going back to the hard parts of our life to connect that to something and to be like, Oh, this is why.
1: Mm-hmm. Cause
0: just because, cause I think it's, it's easier for us to be like, you know, no one wants to go back to the hard parts in their life. And also no one wants to like, we all want a solution. But I think still, I think still in the end, it's, it's nice for us to at least know the why that makes Mm -hmm. sense. You know, when we start to understand, Hey, even though, you know, obviously God's solution, but like, you know, maybe I'll struggle with this for the rest of my life. You know, maybe I'll, I'll always be kind of learning who my identity is. Cause again, that's something I'm still figuring out, you know, but I'm getting it piece by piece, you know, I'm learning more about my, more about my, my addiction and how that all works, you know, and maybe I'll struggle with that. Maybe I'll struggle with, you know. Not finishing things. That's a smaller thing, but that's something I wish I could be better at too. But knowing the why really helps. And it's, again, that that's weird, but it does. And it's like, oh, it's because of my core belief. And through that, I can keep reaching out to God and saying, hey, Lord, I'm not good enough. So you help me to be good enough. And only with you, I can be good enough. And again, like my my sinful nature and my sinful self can't ever be good enough. But with you, I can be good enough. And I can be treasured. I can be loved. And um, the statement I always end with, with my identity paper that I had during high school, which is a big thing as well, because found View, again, was a big time in my life. But also with this paper I just wrote for my deaf psych class, I ended it with, you know, and my dream, my prayer is to go to heaven and to hear Jesus say, I, you know, come up, you know, you, you see the pictures that uh, Steve Green has painted and you see the photos, you know, mm-hmm. just, it, not photos because no one's seen heaven and take a picture. But you see, you see, you see the paintings and you see just, you know, the illustrations that people have thought of, you know, or just what we can imagine with the Bible and with Ellen White's and the spirit of prophecy. You see, I think I always picture walking up those stairs, you know, and getting your crown. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I, my prayer, my goal is, you know, to hear Jesus say and look at me and Wow, this is my my daughter in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved daughter that I love. You know, let's mm. come and uh, what's the word? Let's spend eternity together. Like, come come into this place with me and let's spend eternity together. And it's just that's the prayer of mine, and that's something that's so good for me to say and to remind myself because again, like it's just so easy to get caught up in the in electronics—not just my phone, but what I'm speaking on right now, my laptop. You know, and I'm being home, it's easy to do that. with a long break, you know, with maybe not hanging out with friends all the time Mm -hmm. and having like people to distract you from your distractions, (laughs) again, irony. Um, But it's a thing. (laughs) Um, It's good to remind myself, Hey, that's my goal. And that's my, that's my prayer. And that was another, gotta stop saying big thing, but that was just another big part of my life in high school where I, when I was able to find that find you just a personal friend, but to find that statement and that prayer, you know, I want to be, I want to go to heaven. I want to hear those words mm. spoken to me. And that's, that's my testimony in a sense. And that it's, it's still going and there's still, and there's so much more to it that I could explain, but I could go on for hours. Um, I get that from my mom. Um, <laughs> but I just, it's so awesome to look back and reflect and I'm thankful to share it now. Not that I wasn't before, but I think I was more hesitant because I didn't feel like it was that cool or it was that, mm. you know, yeah, I guess I'll just leave with that. You know, mm. I didn't think it was that cool. In all honesty, but I realize now that it is cool, God's cool. And you're, you know, your testimony is special. Your testimony is you. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's cool. That's awesome. So, yeah, thanks for that. Sure.
1: Yes. Thank you, Lexi. I really like that. Um, I never really thought of it before until you said it. But yeah, we do struggle with a lot of the same things like continuously throughout our lives. And I guess that's just like where Satan gets us, you know, like there's a lot of good parts of you and like, Aspects where Satan probably couldn't attack you as strongly as he could me, so he finds like that one thing that like that little chink in our little armor, and that's where he exploits. And like he comes at it from different angles, but like still exploiting. And no, I like that. I like your testimony because like it's it's very different from mine, but it's like very similar. Like growing yeah. up in the church and like finding your identity, like who am I, and like yeah, the- like where do I fit? Yeah. <laughs> I know, Mm -hmm. right? Because like it's your parents' religion and it's part of their identity and who they are. But then like transferring it to yourself, like, oh, who am I now? And like like I guess like especially the part about like trying to understand your feelings. Like that's something my sister's been really harping on me lately. She's like, Camus, you can't just ignore feelings and they go away. Like you have to acknowledge them. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Um but yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah so true mm-hmm. yeah because like you have to like understand yourself and I think that that's really hard like when you're young because like yeah. I don't who sits down and explains your emotions to you as a child they're just like you're upset go to bed
0: well and it's hard to understand as well because you are young and your parents mm-hmm. just trying to understand you as well so it's like what can you do
1: <laughs> I know right and it's so, like not faulting them at all but like just like yeah, that no. slow process of learning as a child and like Growing up and then like mm-hmm. that, like being part of your faith because like sometimes we have those moments where like, oh, this is not fun, but you have to be like, well, Lord, you're there and you're gonna sustain me. And even though yeah. this isn't great right now, I know we're gonna get through it. And like finding that silver lining, which is not always my great part. Um, yeah, but I like that, I especially like the part that you talk about addiction because obviously I wanted you to highlight that. Yeah. Um. But because like, that's something we all struggle with just in different forms. I think yeah, totally. like, yeah. And like, I think perhaps like for you, it's probably a little bit more obvious and easy to point out, but I think yeah. like <laughs> I definitely also have things that I'm addicted to and maybe it's not like a big thing, but maybe I do spend too much time on my phone mm-hmm. or, you know, like I watch too much TV or like I should stop reading yeah. as much, yeah. or, like spend time with my siblings or whatever. But like, mm-hmm we all struggle in different respects and so like it's easy to like like oh it's just my phone it's not a big deal but like Mm -hmm. it can be if you let it and like it's important just to remember and prioritize and like you know like do talk about the fact that we do get addicted to our phones because I know a couple people that are and they're like oh no I'm not addicted I'm like well you just you gotta acknowledge it you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh but yeah I like that because it's like as very relatable to me because I feel like that's a lot of things we all struggle with as humans. Like we're mm-hmm. emotional beings, but like we don't exactly always have classes on, all right, this is what your emotions <laughs> are. This is how you understand oh, them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. And that's why I like your testimony because there's a lot of easy, relatable points. And I'm just like, oh.
0: Thank you. Yeah, no, God is good. And I think just uh, one of the things you mentioned with just being addicted and just kind of you know, struggling with with specific things, like, throughout your life, Mm -hmm. I was just, a thought came to my head, like, it's because Mm -hmm. what we're comfortable with is, is, like, the perfect thing for sitting to tap at, and for him to say, I'm gonna go deep with this thing, like, here we go, like, he'll just go straight into that, because, you know, in a world of uncertainty, and even though we have our faith in religion, it's, in some ways, and at some points in my life, (laughs) harder, but, but good, because I know that I have someone that I can um, fall back on, you know, and that will always be there, but it's just, he works at, you know, what's so comfortable. I think there's a quote from like Ty Gibson or one of the evangelists out there, but it's just, you know, like comfortable, like comfortability, like probably brings, I don't know what the word is, but you know what I mean? Like just the things that we're comfortable with is just so easy for Satan to, you know, to go at and even though it's an addiction it's what you it's what you've known so in some ways it can be easier to go back to it because you've done it before like it, it's not new if that makes sense it's, it's a weird concept but it's just mm-hmm. it's crazy to figure out the different things in your life that are addictions and not only that just are not only not not only struggles but I guess just things like sometimes in your life, when you think about it, you're like, this is a thing, like, this is something that I deal with, or this is something that's like there, but Mm -hmm. it it is. And it's just, it's crazy. And and again, like, it's so good to reflect. Oh, and something that I I am so thankful for is that um, God has always given me a pretty good mindset. So I can hopefully kind of like you were saying the silver lining or just the something positive in there. And I, and I praise him for that because there's are so often and the hardest points in my life, I'm like, I don't know how I'm seeing this. And that's because it's not me. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's so hard, but it's like those, those little glimpses of light where we know that God's going to work or we just, we just see some type of path, you know, that we can somehow, you know, cling on to or fall or just see, you know, even though blurred, we can see that path those little glimmers of hope are, you know, what keep us going. And that's sometimes what I have to hold on to sometimes. And I know there's more, and I know that there's so much, so much more for me to hold on to, you know, mm-hmm. but there's just sometimes where that's, you know, there's sometimes in your life where that's just what you're holding on to. You're holding on to that little, little glimmer of hope. and You're like, okay, I'm going to keep pushing. And it's not only, it's not really even being addicted necessarily You're being on you know, the worst part of our life. It's just in the normal day-to-day life where you're just kind of struggling, you know, to keep focusing on God and, even if you're doing things that are good, you know, just giving God that time. Like that's been my biggest point right now. You know, it's, I felt a little stagnant lately, but it's not even that it's just, it's like, I'm just doing stuff. That's not bad. It's just, I need to keep remembering where my intentions are and to be intentional and where where I'm giving me time and who's giving all of this to me. And it's Mm -hmm. God. So I think I've just been trying to, that's kind of my testimony stands here. That was my prayer and my response as how I've learned that I like to end my testimony. But that's where my testimony is now. That's where I am now. I'm trying to be more intentional and trying to remember who gives me my time and remember who gives me all the opportunities in my life and all the blessings. Mm -hmm. And that's more of a... A theoretical, and I'm not theoretical, but like uh, more of a kind of that, that it's a different type of thought than most people have. You know, like they're just saying, you know, I need to spend time with God. But I think I'm trying to be more intentional about being intentional. If that makes sense, like mm-hmm. I'm trying to, to to make it more of a deeper concept in my head. If that makes sense because yeah. then then it becomes more than just you know I want to spend more time with God. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, kind of, that's where I am now. Yeah. Thank you again for letting me share.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. I like that intentionality and remembering like. We will fall in the same things. Like, don't get discouraged. Like, a right. wicked man falls once, but a righteous man falls seven times because keeps getting back up. So, you gotta keep getting back That's up. It. Is that in Psalms, Proverbs,
0: Proverbs? Okay, I was gonna. That was my second guess. Look at that scholar. Look at you. I was gonna say biblically. That's not a word. <laughs> Biblical
1: scholar. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Lexi. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page that is God is Real God is Good Podcast, or you can email us at God is Real God is Good Podcast at gmail.com. Bye! Bye.